good morning and once again welcome to your friday breakfast podcast with capitalize i'm here again with kirsty kirsty good morning how are we morning alex i'm very well thank you we were just yeah. talking weren't we about how much news is around at the moment and you're a bit, a lot. feeling a bit behind there's a lot you've stolen my um my introduction there Maybe oh, I shouldn't go, introduce you go, so, go. so early next time <laughs> no no uh, uh, there's an awful lot to choose from this week huge amount of, of different news stories Kirstie's absolutely bang on I was just saying that I felt a bit out of touch probably for the first time in a while um and I actually re-downloaded BBC sounds to make sure I've got a connection to BBC Radio 4 in the morning now um just to try and keep me a bit more in tune with what's going on in the world it's very easy in this bubble to just uh drift off so <laughs> but it's the third week in a row of the breakfast podcast so and um, the listeners will be happy to know that next week you do get a break from us and there'll be a more interesting person leading the podcast with their content and thoughts than just Kirsty and I but um more about that as we get to the end of the podcast um another week as Kirsty's already alluded to a huge amount of stuff happening this week lots and lots of different articles to pull into and so we've pulled quite a wide uh, or diverse series of articles this morning um and um you know some of them are quite close to our heart topics we've covered before around productivity others um you know tie back into the mental health pieces that we've spoken about before and burnout and and um putting yourself first and uh the the middle story in that sandwich is all about the risks and and, and dangers of cyber security Kirsty. so without giving any more of your stories away i, I think i'll just go now just... <laughs> yeah. i thought i'd summarize maybe it's a new segment um <laughs> Without giving any more of your stories away, why don't we move over on to the first article? Because this one, um, there's quite a lot of economic stuff in there. And so I'm interested to hear yes. your spin on it. But there are a couple of key lines in there that I pulled out, which I think, um, you know, reading between the lines, I think the article deliberately kind of circumvented. Yeah. So, well, I mean, it's interesting. You know, there is a lot going on at the moment. And I sometimes wonder, you know, our regular listeners, maybe we should ask, maybe we should poll them. Do they have a bit of a bet which three stories we're going to cover this week? Because I bet those of them that know me would not have guessed the three I chose this week because actually in the Financial Times this morning, I'll have you know. Well, this is on Thursday, I should say. Uh, and also I was talked about on LBC as well. All positive stuff from my point of view, unfortunately, negative things that I'm talking about. However, um, it is, uh, yeah, it's a busy week. So we've had Davos, we've had stuff around the levelling up fund, we've had the online safety bill. Here's a slight positive thing. Inflation has it peaked. So that sounds like it might be coming down. UK and both US are reporting lower result, lower inflation stats. But as you say, the links in then to this story in City AM, um, that is something that we, we do talk about a little bit um, within Capitalize. Uh, and I just thought it was quite a um, useful article to read to just give you some, um, I suppose, alternative views as to why we're in the predicament we're in. And other politicians have spoken, certainly the Conservative politicians have spoken about this prior to the last election. I remember uh, Boris Johnson standing up and saying, we have got a systemic problem of low productivity in this country and um, we've got to resolve that. And um, we haven't grown as an economy for, you know, 15 or 20 years. So that's the that's the biggest um, hurdle, really, we've got to overcome. And, and I suppose there are always winners and losers in uh, downturns in economic downturns and um, hopefully there will be more winners eventually so that we do get this growth but ultimately it is productivity that is the issue so what were your thoughts on this mm. one Alex? Yeah the, the productivity piece is challenging I mean there's a whole bunch of graphs in there that, that um, you know try and put a more uh, 
economic spin on it. I thought the really interesting line in this one was that they referenced the Cameron Osborne yeah. administration as being partly at fault for giving early access to pensions yeah. um, and that that was a contributory factor in workforce reduction, which um, is an interesting one. But actually, I thought it was an interesting direction to be taking it when they were looking at really people in the 60 to 65 bracket as being the like labour force, if that makes sense. And I thought that this article might have been slightly more directed at another significant contributor to the 565,000 workers that have disappeared, um, a word beginning with B and ending quite um, quickly with <laughs> zit. <laughs> and if you're not good at spelling, there's a B, an R, an E <laughs> somewhere in there as well, um, I, which I thought would have been because it talks about pre-pandemic um, labour migration, essentially. Right. And and so you would have thought that that half a million bodies disappearing was largely a result of people not being able to to come in and, and um, freedom of movement within the European Union. I think it was an interesting point not to have at least referenced as being a, a contributory factor. And also, I think there is a lot of people on long-term sick at the moment, which is really unusual. Well, not mm. unusual, it's growing as an issue in the UK. And, and it is that, you know, you don't want to question people that are ill and have got long-term uh, conditions and are unable to work, whether that's physical or emotional or mental um, illnesses. But, um, you know, I... I we've got to look at the benefit system as well you know is it working working in the right way yes uh, and, and it's uh, difficult right it's difficult yeah. because you've got to treat these topics incredibly sensibly and so yeah. you know I, I think you know it's a difficult to- difficult talking point but there's been an increase in saliency an increase in awareness around um debilitating illnesses etc and i think that mm-hmm. often can reduce the threshold at which people qualify if that makes yeah. sense yeah um that coupled with probably for our generation, for almost any living generation, almost, I say not all, but almost any living generation, we have had the most turbulent three years yeah. in living memory. You know, this this is um, really a, a very, very difficult period of time with the pandemic straight into a recession, uh, with the, the war as, as a sprinkling on top of it, um, which all of which are difficult things to navigate and it doesn't help if we look at the second article that mm. there's people out there playing silly buggers with the internet mm. and, and with um with, with, with technical systems right yeah i mean i was just saying to alex i only picked this article up via my post office had posted it on their facebook page of all things um and i've missed it in the press and i don't think it's had a massive amount of coverage but i bet it's causing absolute chaos for some businesses that are exporters um, in the Royal Mail have not been exporting uh, parcels for a week um, due to um, a cyber incident, which unfortunately came from Russia and um, has caused a real issue with their internal systems. Um, and now they're, they're gradually opening up the exporting uh, potential again, um, not quickly. They don't want any new parcels going into the system just yet. Um so this is just huge, mm. and I'm really shocked it hasn't made more of the press. Um, you know, we, we've got enough issues with, um, you know, strikes, obviously, uh, affecting um, movement of goods at the moment, um, and the issues around, you know, the backlog from Christmas still and the courier network, yeah. private network really struggled um, over that time. Uh, and now we've got this cybersecurity, and I suppose it was just to say cyber issues are still out there, you know, and the risk I, is still out there, and... And all small businesses need to start looking at this even more, I think, nowadays. 
Well, and, and you would have thought with the buzzword of Russia in there that this would have gone, you know, bigger, yeah. massive over yeah. the, the last couple of days. But you are right. There's a there's a big awareness piece here for SMEs, isn't there, around the impact mm. this has on them and the impact this has on their customers. Mm. I, I actually was thinking about this because it does reference a little bit about import, but it's clearly the export that's been majorly impacted in this article. But mm. you know, the whole system is, like you said, it's super clogged up. And it, the impact on businesses here is quite severe because if I use myself as an example, I'm generally speaking quite quite patient i quite not always um i I ordered some something from israel before christmas you know some artwork um, and some some christmas presents i ordered it middle of november middle of november um it arrived in the uk on the 28th of november um and was handed over from israeli post to the uk royal mail for domestic um delivery now Mm. for whatever reason as part of that transition there was no UK or domestic tracking code or number passed back through the you know the customer communication journey to me to say mm-hmm. this is your UK tra- uh, tracking number. The company that I bought from didn't have access to any of that data as well. So now, as we're getting into the run up to Christmas, it's been in the UK for the last four weeks. I've had absolutely no communication. No one can find it. No one can track it. No one can trace it. And the company that I purchased it from who's you know, an independent um artist was a bit like well look, there's not a lot we can really do to the point yeah. where um and i won't get on my soapbox too much here i was almost ready to contact my credit card company and yeah. and lodge a complaint and say look this must be fraudulent because they're telling me it's been delivered uh to the uk but there's no way for lost. us to track traces and it was 400 400 worth of, of of stuff so it wasn't like i'd organized 50 pounds and you could mm. perhaps take the risk of it being a sunk cost anyway it actually turned up last week <laughs> so hey, i'm happy that it arrived and i didn't cancel or cause too much drama but you know something that's taken two months two months to arrive having spent 30 pounds on on postage and packaging and delivery two months which just shows the diabolical state that the system is in at the moment and yeah. um you know it, it's same thing with the nhs isn't it with all of the strikes that are happening it is it is uh, disconcerting and this ties back into the first article as well it is disconcerting around the productivity yeah. piece that yeah. um you know and there's a couple of of pieces in there around you know the increase of inflation versus like the increase in wages etc cetera, etc cetera. it is disconcerting that all of these things are happening it's causing such a huge impact and risk to businesses and to people individually with with you know paramedics and nurses striking that the government and the unions just don't seem able to strike an accord it's it's getting to that kind of d-day scenario now where it's like look something needs to be done for, uh, fairly fairly drastically and that pulls us into the third article what a thread this is the third <laughs> article around there is so much happening at the moment and um you know it's causing such a big stress and strain on us uh, professionally us personally, our families, our daily lives. You know, there's a pretty big article that's come out of New Zealand this morning around um, uh, the, the the New Zealand president or prime, prime minister, minister rather yeah. um, re- resigning. I won't give away too much. So oh, I've given away the main bit there, but Kirsty, over to you. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, gee thanks yeah i know uh, jacinda mania oh it's over and um as, as a fellow i would say i'm anywhere near the level that jacinda ahern is at um but i am in arden sorry not ahern got her name right um everyone just knows who's jacinda doesn't she she's like madonna mm. she's just got a first name adele um but as a senior you know uh, leader in you know a female um in a, in a usually quite male dominated environment over the years um 
I really took to this this woman, and I think a lot of people did. And Cena had been interviewed, and she just came across as so authentic, mm, she's brilliant, so genuine. And is that part of the Kiwi culture? Possibly, you know, I, I know people that have emigrated to New Zealand, and and they say that that's exactly why they did it, and they absolutely love the country. Yeah. Um. And and maybe it's just something about about those um, that population and that culture just like that. But she kind of stunned the world, and and she was thirty seven, and she she took on that role. Um, had a child, had a baby whilst in uh, in office, uh, which is not unusual. Lots of women do it whilst in senior roles, but she, she really profiled it, you know, and didn't shrink away from um, taking the baby into some key key places uh, so she could carry on her work. Um, but clearly, um, you know, maybe managing that family work commitments or whether it is just the stress of leadership, has she... She tried, she said over the summer, to take some time out to kind of re-energise herself and reset herself ready for this year. They've got an election later this year in New Zealand. Um, but also I think it started, she started to get some negative comments. Um, I, I don't know the whole uh, background as to how she's viewed and what her voting record uh, results were in New Zealand but I got the impression that New Zealanders are quite proud of her but mm. now there has been a little bit of a, a anti-lockdown um, anti-vaccination anti-everything um, you know a, a spin out from this need reaction and there were some you know people very pleased that she said she's resigned but good heavens what has she been through I mean how many people could go through this and also push through some real changes she's left such a legacy she made such swift decisions or she got the government to take such swift decisions after for example the terrorist attack that they had in Christchurch you know and the, mm. and the, the way that they dealt with uh, firearms she uh, also had to deal with a, a natural disaster with the volcanic eruption um, and of course then the pandemic so she has been through so much in the last six years and um you know, you've got to say all credit to her, I suppose, for knowing that enough is enough and she needs to look after herself. Um, and yes, yeah, I think it's sad, but I am sure she will roll into something else eventually and yeah. stay in public life. And let's hope her skills, her her empathy for people. And, you know, she just says she wants people to be kind. I, um, I think we'll carry she's... on and we'll still see her. She is great, right? I think she has carried herself incredibly well. I, yeah. I um, you know, I've got a couple of thoughts on this, unsurprisingly. I think um, she's a really good example of the types of leader that we need taking the helm of, of countries through 100%, tough times. Yeah. Um, and ironically, I always think that those who are aware enough or have a high enough level of EQ to recognise the challenge and the the stress and strain that um, she's going through and the need for her to step away are really the people that we want leading countries because they have the level of empathy that, that, that means they're able to understand um, what the, their country and the people in there mm. kind of... They can stay real, are. can't they? Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, you, I, I like to compare it to Michael Hooper. Michael Hooper, Australian rugby captain, you know, he bucked the trend um, and, and kind of stood back and was like, look, I'm not in the right place to leave my country at the moment. My head isn't in the right place. It's not good for me to do this. Therefore, I need to step away. And he's now come back. I, I do wonder, touching on what you'd said about the harshness of the lockdown, if the kind of you know totalitarian approach that was taken and the length of time for which yeah. it was sustained, yeah. you know, led to that change of tide because we had an incredibly strict and hard lockdown here. But I think when they started to realise, the government here started to realise that people were really turning against it. 
they completely stepped back, realized that the yeah. harshness of the lockdown had served its purpose and that now, you know, opening up things was going to be what the people needed, et cetera, et cetera. So there's well, look at what's thing. happening in China. They've had a complete about turn. I don't yeah, think it's down it, to reaction from the people, but yeah. There's, there's a big challenge there, isn't there? But I yeah. think the one thing that I read this article, and I'm not going to get into the debate of political reform because this is not the forum for it. But the one thing that I really liked is it, as she steps down, as she resigns, and I don't know because I haven't gone and done enough reading on this, if it was always tabled to happen this year, but there is a general election happening now as part of her resignation. Um, and no, it was I, tabled. It was always tabled, okay. for, but it's not till October. So she's so, given them enough time. So, so it's, but that, you know, I think is the right timing and the right way to do yeah. it because it allows um, the, the um, New Zealand populace to then determine and decide what direction to go mm. after her. It really, I think, supports the democracy um, you know, the democratic process. And I think it's something that we've really suffered with in the UK, where we're now on our third prime minister in this electoral term. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the second term in a row where we haven't elected a new prime minister, but there's been one that's changed. Mm-hmm. And you've seen, we've all felt the complete disaster that people like Liz Truss coming into office have brought. Um, you know, it happened with Bojo when he first came in uh, before the election. So I, I like this. Disruptive, um, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I like this piece of serve your term, give notice you're not going to continue but actually allow the people then to 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 change and you know we struggle here because we elect a party not a leader so whoever's leading that party is kind of you'd argue irrelevant because it's the party but i like the fact that realistically she's gone right i'm out at this point yeah. but this is going to give the you the people a chance to to choose yeah, a direction definite respect yeah so it's um yeah i like that one so a couple of um yeah a couple of quite uh well linked but very very different articles there um my fun story to continue and this has been tough because three weeks in a row Kirsty, i've had a fun story now um and uh you know i'm looking forward to a break next week because my archives are running <laughs> low but um my fun story this week is a good one it's a little bit light-hearted um and i was thinking initially about about reviewing the prank that was played on gary lineker in the fa cup oh that was hilarious i'm not a football fan so i don't think it'd be fair of me to <laughs> i watch it live <laughs> but you know what i didn't even realize what those sounds were how bad is no, that well, <laughs> I've, only, um, I've, only somewhere. On, I've only picked it up on social media but i actually thought there was an interesting one and it, it comes up on um uh it's a bit of a trend at the moment but i picked up um uh, an interesting article which was from lake superior state university it is an american university and it's <laughs> could only be in america that this is happening but lake uh, superior has published their 2023 list of um shame or words that they're banishing from existence oh this, yes right mm. and it's um Looking backwards at, you know, buzzwords from 2022, it's been something that they've done for a long time. There's over a thousand words um, in this in this list. And I think it's more jokey than serious. It's not quite um, what we saw Stanford University do, where they removed the, the use of harmful language from its website, which is a um, really quite strong move in the woke direction by taking phrases like killing two birds with one stone off of their website because it promotes, <laughs> in theory, animal cruelty. Um <laughs> But this list has been going for a long time. Some choice words from this list I thought was quite interesting. And some of these words I think do need to be removed. Topping the list this year was goat, as in the mm. greatest of all time. Mm. I think that's been overplayed. You know, we've got the last dance came out. Messi's won the World Cup. Ronaldo moved to Saudi Arabia for a gazillion dollars. Um, but other interesting words from this list were inflection point, <laughs> gaslighting, quiet quitting. We've spoken about that a few times on here. There's a couple of uh, words that I think 
pop up in most people's emails like moving forward does that make sense irregardless um and then uh, perhaps the word or the phrase that sums up the kind of apathy that we've all felt in patches through 2022 which is it is what it is <laughs> it is what it is yeah so um those are my uh, that's my fun story for the week um for those makes you paranoid my... when you write stuff you know when you see those lists you think do i include those in my writing yes. well <laughs> i think at some point soon grammarly is probably not that i use it actually but i'm sure that'll be a latest uh bug fix or something when it will flag up a word saying are you sure you want to use this it's been highly repeated across all of our users <laughs> yeah. But um, for those of you that are new to AI, (laughs) for those of you that are new to capitalize, um, our vision is to give small businesses and their advisors transparency and control over business finance. We want every small business to be able to identify risks that they might face, explore how they stand from a credit perspective, and choose the right funding that fits their business. One of our goals on this podcast is to try and raise and and, uh, personify some of those points as well, um, and make sure that you're aware of the articles that are out there that might be impacting your business, or if you're an accounting firm, your clients as well. So with that in mind, don't forget to subscribe to our podcasts. If it's not a weekly breakfast Um, news story it's going to be one of our special guests who's giving you pertinent information about specific industry sectors that might impact you and your clients talking of that we will be here next friday with our latest interviewee kirsty um over to you who have we got next week we've got ben we've got ben from scan optics um so again talking of ai yeah Okay, so tune in next week to find out more about that. If you'd like to find out more about the Future Positive podcast or Capitalize as a whole, please do go check us out at www.capitalize.com. We're going to take a little break now. We'll be back in two weeks. But as I said, don't forget to tune in next week for the interview with Ben. Keeping on the American theme, Alex. Have a great day. (laughs) 